Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, or good morning, I should say. Uh, this is Impacting Life 24-7 with your host, C.L. King, the impact motivator, the guy that is the sheriff of Impactville. We are so delighted that you have taken time out of your Saturday morning to join with us to have a moment of absolute impact. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that when you talk about impact, here's what impact is. It means that something was in a current state and that the state of that thing changed because of something or someone else. See, like when an, a crater, a, a meteorite impacts a planet, the imprint of that, of that action is there forever. And this is why we have people on this show because we want to make a continual impact in your lives. And so today is no different, even though it's on a Saturday, today is absolutely no different. We're blessed to have in our virtual studios, Amanda Acker. And she is a phenomenal young lady who is really making an impact in lives around the world. Coming from a past of drug abuse, homelessness, and being a convicted felon, Amanda has broken through and was able to let good things into her life. Amanda is now on a mission to inspire and motivate people just like you. People who have had a difficult past and haven't yet realized that they are stronger than they think and can have life they want and deserve. This is the mission that my guest is on today. Amanda wants to help you rise above the labels of society and burst through the ceilings that have put you where you are and get you to where you're going to be. Amanda's core message is that the past doesn't define us and that we are way stronger than we think. Welcome to our virtual studios, Miss Amanda Acker. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you, CL. So happy to be here with you. Oh, man, we're delighted to have you here. And man, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, who would have thought that we could have a show of Impacting Life 24-7? <laughs> so Amanda I, you know I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule I know uh, how busy you are having your own podcast and and making a difference in the world around you uh, but I'm I'm delighted that we were able to sneak in just a few morsels of time and uh, share uh, your amazing story with our audience around the world and so Amanda before we get started if you would please tell us how people can contact you Amanda Sure. Yes. People can contact me um, via my email, which is amanda at amandaacker.com. You can also go to my website and on there, there is links to book a coffee chat with me. And you can always find me on Facebook to search Amanda Marie Acker and you can friend request me or DM me. And that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. And you know, how do you feel? I didn't, I didn't prep you for this next question, but I'm just thinking out loud. How do you feel about how social media has shrunk the world and really helped us to leverage connectivity? Oh my goodness. That's a loaded question. I <laughs> social media has changed everything for me. I've met people who, I mean, without social media, I never would have even known existed like right. from all over the world and being able to share my story not just, you know, locally, but globally, all yeah. like just instantly with right. the help of social media. And, and you know, Amanda, one, one thing that 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 I agree with you, I mean, I agree with everything you said, but one thing that's in that's really changed and we've kind of pivoted, you know, it was coming, but it really COVID really made us pivot, especially in this kind of space, is that, you know, now you don't have to wait around for someone to give you a platform. You don't have to wait around for someone to even invite you on a podcast. You can create your own messaging. Have you found that to be beneficial for you? Yes, for sure. You know, with social media, I was able to launch my podcast and just seriously create, like you said, that my own platform where I can share my story and inspire others that without it would not be possible. Right. And, that, and I'm telling you that we're thankful that even though you're all the way up there in Pennsylvania, here we are down in North Carolina and we're still connecting and making an impact. I'm just putting your website in the chat. If you want to connect with Amanda, all you got to do is go to AmandaAcker.com. That's A-C-K-E-R, right? 
Yes. Okay. So see, I even spelled it right. <laughs> uh, and so again, I'm, I usually have my staff with us on, um, on our show on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, but I gave them the Saturday off or else they all took it off. So I'm flying solo. So I got to do all the stuff that they normally do, but that's okay. We can make it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, Amanda, tell us a little bit, cause I know you and uh, we have a very great mutual friend in the mm-hmm. the the notorious Vince Warnock but tell us a, a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to our audience yes so you know I was born and raised here in Pennsylvania uh, near Pittsburgh and I have not left um so wow. <laughs> <laughs> been here forever and you know I lived a, through my late teen through adulthood I've lived a, through a lot of traumatic events, a lot of adversities, a lot of, you know, situations that popped up that I had to get through to be where I'm at today, which is, you know, happily married, you know, no more drama in my life for the most part. Uh, and just really living my truth and sharing my message with the world through the power of my podcast and, you know, my coaching that's going to be launching and just everything else and the connections that I've made and just really, I'm just a positive person, I guess. Like I, I love affirmations and sharing those and I'm just really into collaborations and connections and just getting to, you know, not allow my past to define my future. You know, Amanda, one thing that, that, that you and I definitely have in common in which I have this in common with a lot of people who come on this show. In fact, I guess we could say everybody mm-hmm. is that we all have a past. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people see where we are right now and they think, oh, man, you know, they're podcast hosts and they're this and they're that. And they've got the white picket fence and all that. And the truth of the matter is, is that uh, most of us, if not all of us, if we would be honest, have had to climb through some adversity. And one of the right. things that that we so appreciate about you, Amanda, is your tenacity to climb through the adversity. And, uh, you know, as as we go on throughout this show, one of the things that I always like to do is hope that people will connect with our guest. Uh, Because, you know what, your story, even though we have similar situations, your story is still unique to you. But there may be somebody out there listening to us today that is like, man, I, I feel like there's no hope. But Amanda has inspired me because she did it now Amanda let's 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 just break it down so your early life you were because you haven't left Pennsylvania (laughs) your early life was what was it like and and uh get us to the point where things maybe started to transition in the direction that wasn't favorable for you yes so growing up you know my my mother and father like they didn't fight like there was no abuse or anything going on in the household that i was aware of at the time but um to give it some context my mother is bipolar and recently i've discovered that she's a narcissist so what was happening throughout my childhood is my mom was sheltering me so i lived a very sheltered life i wasn't allowed to have friends for very long i was being told that you know people were weirdos and just all kinds of just bad things put into my head. But when I was young, I didn't recognize that. I was just living my life, happy Amanda through everything. And then my dad was just emotionally unavailable. So it's Mm. not like I would ever go, Hey dad, I experienced this. I need your, I need your help or I need your shoulder to cry on. I always went to my mother and, you know, with that being said, uh, fast forward to me being 15, my parents got divorced mm-hmm. and I didn't know that my parents were even going to get divorced. That was kind of a shock to me. But when I came home from high school, uh, I was very excited because school was over. And uh, but when I walked through the door, I was greeted with my dad. My mother just left just jump ship. I had no idea, you know, what was going on. And I can remember being very confused and just not knowing like what happened. My mom was my best friend. My mom was everything to me. I told her everything I confided in her and, you know, she helped me the best she could through things despite her own personal issues. So it was very confusing. So that's when my life kind of 
switched into um, having all of the issues and the traumatic events. Well, you know, the interesting thing that you say there, and I'm just listening because, as you know, Amanda, or you may not know, but as the thousands that listen to us around the world know, that my wife and I have seven children. And wow. one, of the, one of the bedrocks that we feel like has sustained us 26 years, 27 years, is our togetherness. And when you when you disrupt that togetherness, you don't realize how what the residual effects will be with your kids. Is that did you do you agree with that? I definitely agree with that. Yes. So so here we are. You, you know, mom and dad have have um, have split up, and and they are they are divorced. And and um, I mean, how did that make you feel? How how was that emotionally for you? Um. It was very hard for me. I can remember, vaguely remember, just feeling like now I'm alone, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't, like I said earlier, like my dad wasn't somebody who I was close with, and now I was alone with him, and I just felt alone. I remember hearing, like, my dad talking bad about my mom to people on the phone, and that would make me angry, right? I would get very angry because I didn't understand, and there's this one moment that I remember because my mom and I eventually we did talk still she was living with my grandmother and she um, told me that my dad had missed a hearing and that he was going to get the cops were going to come and arrest him with a bench warrant and I freaked out and she's like but don't tell him and at this point my father and I had made a bond and this is probably about mm, maybe a year into it if that and I didn't tell him and the cops ended up coming and trying to arrest him, but he didn't go because he had me at home and they agreed to like, I don't remember the whole thing. That's uh-huh. irrelevant. Right. But I do remember coming downstairs and feeling so guilty because I didn't tell him. Mm. And I, so I confessed to him. I said, dad, I knew. And that broke our bond. Like I remember yeah. crying and he was like, we're a team. Why wouldn't you tell me? And that really, that was a huge, I guess that's when everything started going downhill is when I did not tell him. And then I lost the bond that I had with him at that point. Right, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, having a bond, uh, you know, that, that, I, and I've got, uh, let me see how many girls do I have. I got three girls <laughs> and the daddy daughter bond is, is something special. It's different. I mean, my bond with my boys is unique and, and the bond with your, with your daughters is definitely unique. And to have that broken or to have that strained, uh, it, you know, it, it's got, it had to have been hard for you, huh? It was very hard. It was very, um, that was the moment I can tell you exactly how I felt. Like it was just that pit in my stomach. Like, how can I fix this? I don't know how to fix this, Right. you know? And, and it was really, that was a very hard moment of so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Impact Life 24-7. Again, this is your host, C.L. King. I'm joined in the virtual studios by Amanda Aker. Look, y'all, I might get her name right the whole show. I, I might get a bonus today for doing it right. Uh, she is from Pennsylvania. What what actually, what city in Pennsylvania? Bridgeville. We're about 15 minutes south of Pittsburgh. It's 15 minutes south of Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh, are you a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? I'm not. I'm not a no, sports you're, fan. You're not. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, that's good because I think we got some Pittsburgh Steelers fans on here, and uh, you know, I I would connect you with them. But if you're not a Pittsburgh fan, then then you're safe then. Because <laughs> guess what? I'm from Cleveland, Amanda, and you know, oh. Cleveland and uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh were definitely rivals. And so thank you for for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to share our screen for just a moment. And one of the reasons why we're able to bring somebody like Amanda on our show is because of our amazing sponsors. And I want to give you just a quick word about our sponsors and, you know, what they are helping us do on Impacting Life 24-7. So join in with me as we listen about our sponsors. Our sponsors help us reach people from city to city, coast to coast, and around the world. Our gold sponsors, Michelle Perry. She is the host of the Successful Diligence Podcast and best-selling author of The Pebble in My Shoe. You can connect with Michelle and get a copy of her book at SuccessfulDiligence.com. Paula Cousson has dedicated her life volunteering in community youth programs such as the Young Marines. Paula believes that the greatest asset each young person has is at least one caring adult in their life. 
Donald Lamb is a gold sponsor, and he and his wife have happily been married for over 35 years. He is the proud father of one daughter and three sons. Donald honorably served his country over 22 years in the United States Army and retired with distinction. Active in his community, Donald is also the owner and operator of Mama's Boy Event Planning and Coordinating Services. Connect with Donald at facebook.com forward slash Mama's Boy Events Coordinating. Our platinum sponsors, Gregory Smith. He is the author of 100 Simple Ways How to Manage a Property and Evidence Room. Get your copy today by reaching out to Gregory Smith on Facebook or email him at smithg1963 at yahoo.com. Adrian Barker is the host of the Adrian Barker Speaks podcast, a life coach and CEO of Professional Global Etiquette. Please connect with her at professionalglobaletiquette.com. Mr. Mike Black from New Bern, North Carolina. He helps men throughout Eastern Carolina lead a faith-filled life. He is a compassionate leader in his church, a devoted husband, and father. Dr. Nate Dunlap Jr. is the executive director of the PRF Institute. He is the author of What's Next, Preparing for Eternity, and Don't Leave Me Like This, Inspiration to Leave a Legacy. As a 501c3 nonprofit organization, the PRF Institute is blessed to be that premier stewardship-based teaching ministry that truly responds to the needs of families and communities around the country. Find Dr. Dunlap and his amazing team at prfinstitute.org. Poet Katrina McCain is the author of Because She Decided to Love. This is a collection of poetry and prose about love and its impact on every relationship. This raw, uncut poetry book addresses the themes of how we experience love through loss, hurt, pain, grief, and passion. Get your copy of her book today at paulkatrinamccain.com. If you would like to become a sponsor of Impacting Life 24-7, it's very simple. Just visit C.L. King Speaker. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Visit clkingspeaker.com. As you know, on this show, we do everything over the top. And uh, so we're delighted to to uh, give a shout out to all of our sponsors who help us bring people together uh, literally from around the world. We just looked at the numbers last night. I think I have them in front of me. There are 40 states that have downloaded Impact in Life 24-7. There are 27 countries and 26 platforms that the show is carried on. So we are blessed. Like I was telling our guest before the show, man, nobody, not even Samson, my golden retriever, would listen to the show. And now here we are. We're very, very blessed that, that God has really uh, connected us with people all around the world and people like Amanda. Listen, when you when you think about this, Amanda Acker was explaining to you uh, before we got together about how, you know, she was living her life and and everything was going great until her her mom and dad split up. Now, listen, I know this is just a fact of life. Fifty percent of all marriages end in divorce. But the truth of the matter is it does have residual effects and it began to affect Amanda. So that's where we left off before the commercial break. Amanda, get us caught up on, on how things continue to progress. Maybe as you, as we describe them in the wrong direction. Yes. So after that incident with my father, I became friends with this girl who I thought was for lack of a better word, I thought she was the bee's knees, so to speak. Uh I just wanted to be her friend. She was always partying and, people just flocked to her and I was super shy and reserved. So for me to even like think about being friends with her was scary, but I was bold and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be friends with her. So we became friends and that started me into the partying scene, Mm -hmm. which, oh my goodness, back then it was like my whole world was amazing. I was partying. I was drinking. I was, you know, not going to work, not going to school, even though I was a straight A student, I decided, eh, the heck with that. Like I'm cool now. And I really wanted all these people's acceptance because I thought if I was accepted by the cool kids that I would then somehow be successful in life. That was my mentality as a teenager. Right. And, you know, going through that, it ended me up at the age of 19 failing out of college. And my dream was to go to college. And I spent the year that I was in there literally partying nonstop to the point where I just stopped going to class. And I was 
self-harming myself like every single day. I couldn't handle being there. And I didn't know at the time that I could reach out for help. So I didn't, I just kept going and using more drugs and trying to numb my pain instead of dealing with my pain. And yeah. Well, let me ask you this. When, when, when you, how did, how, and this is something that we, we need to understand in terms of the anatomy of, of a decline, but did it, how did it even start with your first drink? I mean, what, what age were you when you had your first drink? I was, 17 or 18 I don't really remember it was really so it was it was pre-college before you had gotten introduced yes. to it but yes. then when you got to college it felt like ah freedom <laughs> and 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 everything huh and and so you you were you were in this altered artificial state of happiness mm-hmm. because of because of the substances that you were using so how did you get introduced to drugs in college. So I had already smoked weed before college, but I had never touched anything else. And I made friends with this girl who, again, was a party girl. And I thought, oh, she's cool. I'll, of course, gravitate towards her. And she introduced me to benzodiazepines. So it's like an anti-anxiety medication. And if you if you snort it or you take it and you don't actually need it, it can really affect you. And it makes it made me very happy. So I would take this drug and feel instantly happy. Like I could take over the world. Like I just felt alive Mm -hmm. and I became highly addicted to it. And I ended up overdosing on these pills and I was taking uh, opiates as well. So I was mixing the two and I just dove into it. It was like, I didn't have a care. It was like my self-worth just didn't exist. I thought that if I could numb my pain, I could get through my pain. So I was always looking for the next thing to numb me so that I could handle what was happening. So, me. so, so this was progressive, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, yes. and that's what I want, uh, you know, listen, young people, I want you guys to understand this. I talked to you all a couple weeks ago in my keynote landmark address called the lure of the arch. And mm-hmm. the reality is, is that the lure of this lifestyle, it just pulls you in. And the reality is, is that you go in further than you plan to go. You mm-hmm. go deeper than you ever thought you'd go. And so you you started with just a, you know, a casual drink when you were 16 and 17. And now you're taking opioids and overdosing. And yes. did it stop? What happened? It did not stop. So after I overdosed, I went through this whole like epiphany moment because I, I should be dead. If it wasn't for the person I was with, I would be dead. And, you know, I remember telling my dad what had happened because at this point there's a lot to this, but I don't, I don't have time to tell you everything, but my mom wasn't involved. So, um, my dad, I told him and he didn't care. He literally just said nothing. Basically. I don't remember him embracing me or trying to help me. So that kind of solidified my thought process of I'm just not good enough for my father. So therefore I'm just not good enough, period. And so after that, I started to drink very heavily. Like I wasn't doing pills so much as drinking like every single day, just nonstop. I was always drunk. Really? And then that eventually led me into cocaine. Oh, which, Lord. Yeah. And, and how did you get introduced to cocaine? My, the friend from high school, she, uh, we went out one night and she was, she had been on heroin and co- and crack for like a long time, but she had gotten clean mm-hmm. and she decided that we were going to go out and we met some guy at the bar, some random guy. And he was like, oh, he has cocaine, Amanda. So let's go do that. And I remember being scared of it. I remember being afraid, but I thought, well, if I don't do it, she's not going to like me. She's going to think I'm, you know, I'm weak or like I'm not cool. So I did it and I instantly fell in love with it. Really? Yeah. yeah. So see, and and there's see, there's the danger, man. You you are teaching us right here, Amanda. I thank you. We have Amanda Acker in our studios. You can find her at amandaacker.com. That's a c k e r dot com. I love for you to connect with her. You can find her also on Facebook. I think I put that in the chat there. Uh, just go to facebook.com, Amanda dot Acker twenty seventeen. Right. That's one of yes. the places they can reach you. And uh, man, having a story like this, this is this is what. Um, really inspires us on Impact Life 24-7 is that hearing people's story. Now, here's what she said. She said she, she got introduced to cocaine and she instantly fell in love. 
So here's the deal. There are there are times when things are progressive and then there are times when things are instant and you don't get the you don't get the opportunity to determine which one it, it and which way it will affect you. Right, Amanda? Right. You don't. There's you don't have a choice in that. So you you became immediately uh, infatuated with cocaine just because you were you were trying to please your friend. And did you find that to be kind of like the status quo for you trying to gain acceptance? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. so after the introduction to cocaine, what else happened? So I get introduced to cocaine and that became my life because me and my friend, we ended up moving in together and we literally like we lived and breathed cocaine. If we weren't doing cocaine, I was passed out from just burning out and being strung out. And eventually, so we're going to get to this part of my story. I met this man at a strip club. I was not the stripper in this scenario, but I met a guy at a strip club who was much older than me, who offered me a job that was going to pay me all this money and it was legitimate and blah, blah, blah. So I believed him, of course, why wouldn't I? Um, and so I agreed and ended up that that's not what he wanted. Long story short, he wanted to, I was basically going to be like his escort and I wasn't okay with that. And he, um, he sexually assaulted me. And it really, um, I remember him telling me, cause I had a boyfriend at the time that this was all going down and my phone kept going off. And the memory of this whole scenario that sticks out to me more than anything else was him telling me that if my phone went off one more time, that he was going to kill me. Oh my. And the fear that went through me, I can't even put into words. So I did whatever he wanted because I didn't want to die. Wow. We're going to, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Amanda, this is, this is heavy. And I'm, I'm thankful. What I really am gleaning from this is I'm thankful for you having the courage and the fortitude to come on because ladies and gentlemen, Amanda is, is really making herself vulnerable telling this story. Oftentimes people, like I said, we put on our masks and we put on our best faces, but really life is not exactly what we're portraying. And so because because of Amanda's story, somebody today is going to be impacted. I want you to connect with her at AmandaAcker.com. That's AmandaAcker.com. And uh, we, will, we will get right back with her. But the reason why we can have Amanda here is because of our sponsors. So let's hear another word from our sponsors. Every time you hear Impacting Life 24-7, it is brought to you in part by our amazing sponsors. Donald Skip Mondragon II MD is a platinum sponsor, and he is a 26-year Army veteran, national veterans wrestling champion, a speaker, and author. He is the author of Wrestling Depression is Not for Wimps, Lessons Learned from an Amateur Wrestler's Fight to Triumph Over Depression. Contact him and book him today at WrestlingIsNotForWimps.com. The Underdog Ninja Foundation are platinum sponsors. This was founded in 2020 by Javi and Jessica Madrigal, a husband and wife team that have been battling and overcoming heart disease for 18 years. Their personal story and experiences have led them to follow the calling of empowering, educating, and supporting those fighting heart disease. They have a remarkable platform and a dynamic story. Contact this amazing team at underdogninja.org. Belinda Tyson Linder has spent decades investing in people from all different backgrounds. She is a platinum sponsor. She has led inner city programs for disadvantaged youth, as well as being a mentor to young adults, married couples, individuals facing adversity. Belinda and her husband have built multiple six and seven figure businesses and have trained leaders on having tenacity and character. Ultimately, Belinda cares about people. Bettina Carey is a platinum sponsor. Bettina Carey is a four foot nine and a half Latina. She inspires and empowers women to create big results. They break through, no, they shatter their earning ceiling, kick self-imposed limitations to the curb, and live their legacies now. 
Whether she's coaching from a live or virtual stage or conferencing with a small cohort of bold women or men on the rise across from a conference table, her championship strategies and straight talk compel women and men to find their whole new gear and succeed beyond their wildest imaginations. Connect with Bettina today at weempoweryourlife.com. You've heard it here, folks. All of these people help us with Impacting Life 24-7. If you would like to join them, it's very simple. All you have to do is go to clkingspeaker.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Just go to clkingspeaker.com. And uh, thank you to our team. Thank you to Jordan for being in the studio recording that track for us. That track is just straight up on fire. And uh, the reason why we can continue to do what we do is because of the partnerships that we have formed with people around the world. I did not think, as a professional speaker, I did not think that we were going to be going this direction. I thought I was going to be in my closet somewhere with my smartphone, talking to a few people, maybe just Samson, my golden retriever, and you know, just doing a podcast because I like to speak. We formed this back in the fall of a couple years ago. And uh, now it is a worldwide ministry that we feel has a cathedral of resources. And another resource that we've just added to our cathedral is our friend, Miss Amanda Acker. And you can find her at amandaacker.com. I would love for everybody to go connect with her, find her on Facebook. You can connect with her that way. Amanda, you go to facebook.com. Amanda.acker2017. And the reason why we give out people's information so much is because it's important. Okay. When I have guests on this show, I'm a guest on so many podcasts, I have to cancel sometime because I'm just so much in demand. But the truth, <laughs> of, the truth of the matter is, is that I want every time someone comes to our show, every time someone comes to this sacred place, I want them to get the absolute most value out of the time that we share together. And sometimes I go on podcasts and they give my website out at the very end of the show. They may every now and then say what I do. And it's just that's not that's really not our modus operandi here. We're doing this for you, our audience. But we're also doing this to bless and help the person that is giving their time to be our guest. So, Amanda, thank you so much for spending time with us again. Amanda And uh, she's telling us about the progressions of the decline of her life and you know some of it was progressive some of it was instant but all of it was detrimental to her success and so after you after you be you know you you left us in a really kind of rough state where you were getting high and drunk all the time and passing out and overdosing so then what what was the absolute rock bottom of all this Yes. So after I was sexually assaulted by this guy, I, me and my friend were super broke. It was pro- the time went past, but me and my friend, same friend, um, were very broke and desperate. We couldn't make our rent. We couldn't buy cocaine. It was just bad. So we decided that we were going to rob this person. And I did not want to do it. I thought, oh, this is just, you know, us coming up with something that we're not actually going to do. But long story short, it did happen. And we I remember driving my car because I had the car to this guy's place and looking over at my friend and there was three other people with us. And I looked over at her and I said, we're going to jail tonight. I don't want to do this. And she says, well, fine, pull over. I'll just drive. Mind you, looking back, that was my run. I should have left the scenario I should have just pulled off the road and didn't allow her to drive and keep going but again I thought if I did that she wasn't going to like me Mm -hmm. so we proceeded and we get to his place and I remember like being in his living room and just sweating bullets and he recognized it he goes what's wrong with you and I was like nothing and I like grabbed her phone and this is like a long story short, but I went downstairs and told the guys who were with us to just go do what they were going to do that I was leaving. We didn't even make it out of that parking lot. We were pulled over. I was pulled over at gunpoint um, and on a very busy street. So there was people like uh, across the way who were like at a restaurant that could like were looking down at the scene where I was one of these people who was being arrested at gunpoint face down on the pavement. Like someone stepped on my head. Like it was a whole like 
very traumatic experience. Mm. And um, the cops were like, they want to know the truth, obviously. And I did tell them the truth. I told them everything, everything, thinking because they told me I was going to get out. Like, if you tell the truth, you know, you're not going to see jail. <laughs> and that wasn't true. Mm. I did go to jail. And I eventually got convicted. I didn't get convicted of the robbery charge because I didn't actually do the robbery, but I did get convicted of criminal conspiracy to commit robbery with intent of serious bodily injury because we had knives on us. So that's not that anyone stabbed anybody, but we right. had those on us. So that's why that was added so in how there. Did, how and did, How yeah. did the police get there? I mean, you guys didn't go through with the robbery or you were already holding the guy at knife point or what? He called 911. What happened? I wasn't in there. So I left. And according to the guys who were supposed to actually do the robbery, all they did was knock on his door, bust in, bust in, they busted in the apartment and took his wallet like they didn't take his phone or anything so mm. he like obviously instantly called 911 right. and that's what you know and you didn't even make it and you didn't even make it out the parking lot huh nope sure didn't so you this is this night really is a pivotal night for you and i mean i have spoken in 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 uh incarceration centers i've spoken in prisons and jails going to inspire the inmates giving them life and hope, but I've never been a resident. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I, I think I'm too domesticated to go to prison. I'd just be like, yo, that's it for me. Just take me out of this world. I can't handle this. So you never, you know, you never envisioned this probably in your life that you'd be going to jail, huh? No, no. My plans uh, originally were to go to college and be a high school English teacher. Wow. From a, from a high school English teacher to a convicted felon. So how long did you have to do in prison? Uh, I was in county jail for almost a year. So I was pregnant while I was incarcerated as well. Um, and that's a whole other story. But I was pregnant. And I remember going to the sentencing hearing because you have so you get arrested. I went to Maine population. I was there for a week before I got bailed out. But then you have this whole like almost year of your life where you're just in limbo. You don't know if you're getting convicted. You don't know if you're going to jail. So I went through a lot of turmoil through that period too, which, you know, I made a lot of bad choices with men and just the career choices that I made at that point. And just, I had no self-worth. I just felt like everyone's going to find out. So I might as well not even try. And so getting sentenced, being pregnant, I thought, okay, well, I'm pregnant. They're not going to sentence me to jail. This is my get out of jail free card. Well, yeah. no, that didn't happen. So I did go in for a year. I had um, work release, but the crazy part of this story too is that when I first went in, in order to get the work release program, you had to take a drug test. So you had to pee in a cup and I'm pregnant. So I know I haven't used drugs, but right. I couldn't pee. Oh, wow. Could not pee. Couldn't pee, so I had to go to county jail in Maine population again for at least 30 days before I could go to this work release program. So oh that my. was And you're, car you're carrying a child mm -hmm. in, in jail? Yep. My goodness. Now, what was it like? What was it like behind bars? It wasn't what I expected. So when I was arrested originally, I was more scared than when I got sentenced because I had no idea what I was going in for. But it's it's literally like when you see it on TV and they portray it, like I haven't been to prison, so I can't speak about prison. Mm -hmm. But in county jail, it's just you're in there with all these women and you think to yourself, like, well, I thought to myself, how did I get here with all these women who I would judge? Like, look at her. She's, you know, she's a prostitute or, you know, she's out there doing heroin and robbing this person and blah, blah, blah. But there I was with them. Mm. And it kind of changed my perspective. No, it did change my perspective on humanity because at the end of the day, we are all surviving the only way we know how. Right. So I can't judge the woman who's prostituting because guess what? I had a one of my charges was promoting prostitution because of why we were there. So who am I to judge anybody? And what I found on the inside is that these women that I was in there with were amazing. Mm. They were all amazing, mm -hmm. but they just had a, a, they made a bad choice and they were addicted to drugs or they did something I did while I was addicted to drugs too, but you know, right. did something like I did. And 
just didn't know what else to do to get to from point A to point B at that point in life. And it was, it was scary, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah. And, and I, and I can, <laughs> I can see that because, uh, you know, incarceration has, is, it is a world unto itself. Mm-hmm. And so eventually you have no choice but to adapt to that world. Yes. Um, but you know, at what point did you say, or did you come to and say, look, this has got to change. I've got to change. I've got to turn this around. Where, what point was that? Well, I would like to say it was when I got released from jail, which yes, I, you know, promised myself that I would never go back, which I didn't, but I still was leading this life of toxic relationship and drug use. So it didn't, my wake up, wake up call. I had multiple ones, but the huge one that shifted me into who I am now was two years ago when I had a job where I was allowing influences to influence me and almost destroyed my marriage and I wanted to end my life. And I can remember sitting in my closet, crying my eyes out, just saying, I have to end this. I can't keep going like this. And I don't remember, like, something happened. Something divine happened in this moment because I just all of a sudden stopped crying. And I was like, I need to change me. What is wrong with me? Why do I keep allowing people to influence me so much? I don't even know what I stand for. And that's kind of what, that is what shifted me into looking at myself. Instead of worrying about what he or she likes or doesn't like about me, I need to decide that I loved and accepted myself, Mm. period. Wow. And so (laughs) how did the, how did the road to recovery and transformation continue? Yes. So the first thing I did was I reached out for help. I couldn't do it alone. Um, And at this point, I didn't have health insurance, so I did not go to therapy. But I did talk to my husband Mm -hmm. and he really helped me. He he accepted me for my flaws and he helped me to see me through his eyes and see that I was worth something more. And I started figuring out my values. And the number one value that keeps popping up for me was second chances. And I thought, how can that be my my value? My number one value is second chances. And I never gave myself. Mm. And that's really what pivoted my mindset towards myself and creating boundaries. I created boundaries so that these toxic people, if they come into my life, which we can't avoid, toxicity is going to try to creep in. Mm. But we have to have boundaries. So I created those. And I just kept moving forward instead of looking backwards. I didn't, I forgave myself I said, Amanda, I'm so sorry that you went to jail. I'm sorry that you're a felon and that you've gone through so much trauma and just really letting go of the shame of it and embracing who I am as a person. Wow, that that's powerful. <clears throat> that is so powerful because oftentimes we 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 you know, we're our worst critic and we beat ourselves <laughs> up so much that we can't, we can't get past, we can't get past the failure to get on to, to get on to recovery and rest restoration. Um, and, you know, talking about looking at yourself and forgiving yourself, man, that's powerful. And secondly, you know, you found, you have found something that wasn't, you know, there for you for a long period of time. And that was, you know, the consistency of a spouse and your husband, realizing that, Hey, look, I'm in this for better or for worse for life. And, uh, we're, we're going to make it through this. And so then, you know, along this journey, Amanda, you, you, you said some things that, that really have inspired me because you, you talked about second chances. Now, when we say second, we think, okay, so I messed up once, so I get to fix it the next time. But really second chances is kind of metaphoric because you had a lot of stumbles along the way, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) So, so, you know, we're, but that's the beautiful thing about it is that God doesn't keep score. And uh, we, we're really the ones that, that keep score on ourselves. And so when, when you, when you made this, this turn of the corner, I mean, going from being sexually assaulted, overdosing on drugs, dropping out of college, I mean, getting arrested. I, you don't even look like somebody that would be doing a robbery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, look, she looks so innocent. But, <laughs> uh, but again, we ne- I mean, you really got to speak to that point. Did you, you did not envision the road that you were going down would take you that far, did you? 
Not at all. I never thought in a million years that I would be a felon or that I would have even have touched drugs because I was afraid of drugs, everybody. Like I was scared of them. <laughs> so I, you know, I never thought in a million years that I would be an addict and also a felon and all the other things that I've been through. Never in a million years. Mm-mm. Wow. And so, but, but you've gone even a step further, Amanda, you, you've not just, you've not just recovered, but you have decided that what, what you've experienced and what you went through was enough to inspire someone else who may be going through something similar. So, so tell us about kind of like what your framework is now and what your vision is to help other people who have, who have, who need a second chance. Yes. So I envision, you know, what I want for everybody. I wish I could help everybody, but I want everyone to, you know, learn to embrace that fear and to get out of shame. Mm -hmm. So figuring out what they want out of life. Number one, what do you want? Take everyone else out of it. What is it that you want? What are your values? What are the boundaries that you are not willing to negotiate? That is so important. You have to have that in life. And then examining why you feel you can't have those things. So letting go of that shame, forgiving yourself, allowing yourself to, you know, be the butterfly and and have these wonderful things. And then acquiring that trust for yourself. You know, that was a huge thing for me. I didn't trust myself. I didn't believe I knew even knew how to make a choice. I listened to everybody else. Trusting yourself is so important. And then we have to release our negative thoughts, our mm-hmm. old way of thinking about ourselves and embrace ourselves and love ourselves. And that is what I'm trying to portray and give the world at, at large to help them see that they are worth having amazing things in their lives, regardless of their past. So you you have a podcast and the podcast mm-hmm. is is really, really amazing. Uh, it's the Let Good Things in wait a minute How, tell me the name of the podcast wrong. <laughs> it, you had it right it's okay. the let good things in show okay let the good things in show right let the good things it's called the let the good things in show and um is all about second chances and the fact that our past don't define us uh and so tell us when did you start uh the let the good things in show that launched July 22nd of this year. July 22nd. So you're you're a newbie podcaster. Yes. Look at you. You already got the right equipment and everything. Man, I see some podcasters that's been in podcasting forever and still don't have the right equipment. So I'm I'm proud of you. I, I tell all podcasters, man, a microphone and headphones are kind of essential in this business. And uh, so that's why coming through my system, you sound really good. And so oh, we're, we're proud of you. And so on this podcast, do you have guests or what's your focus on there? So I release two episodes a week. I release one that's a piece of my story. So I'm doing it because there's a lot to my story. Right. So I'm doing it in pieces and telling people the lessons I learned and giving them affirmations as well through those experiences. And then I release an interview. So I do interview people who have a story of hope. I've also interviewed people who um, have like, you know, practical tips for people to use to let good things into their lives. And so I do both. It's like a twofold. Yeah. So it's that storytelling of me plus sharing other people. That's good, man. And and you know what? I'm glad that you have taken the, the, the initiative to form that platform because let the good things in is really important. Let, you know, I talk about the cracks in our life and sometimes I talk about the Titanic and only the cracks were, uh, only receiving the bad and and man man we got to let some good things in even in the cracks in our life and you that's a that's a great that's a great concept with that show and maybe one day maybe one day we'll connect again and CL might make an appearance on that show just to say hello to everybody anyway That'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm crazy so you've got your podcast and you also have a Facebook group uh, what's the name of your Facebook group it's the let good things in show. Let, <laughs> I just let, made it easy. Let the good things in show. That's what I'm talking about. And so you and your Facebook group is come get inspired. You give daily tips on how to let good things into your life in a safe and inclusive environment. Weekly affirmations uh, that keep you inspired. Discussions on the episode of the week and much more. And so again, 
you're 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 taking exactly the the formula and the remedy that that you used for yourself and now applying that to help other people and then you you've gone even further you you just haven't it's not done there yet ladies and gentlemen she is also a life coach and uh, she's giving one-on-one coaching and that's coming up here real shortly where she's gonna uh you know unfold that in full vigor but you know she's she's created uh, a fear framework and talk to us about that real quick Yes. So the fear framework is basically what I just explained earlier. It's that, you know, figuring out what you want, evaluating why you feel you can't have it, acquiring trust for yourself and releasing your old way of thinking. I love it, man. I love acronyms and all my and all my trainings are done exactly like that. We got we got an acronym for gear. We got an acronym for grind. Then we you know, if I I'll just make up an acronym acronym, you know, (laughs) so. So that is so that is so amazing. And this is what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. You got to connect with Amanda at amandaacker.com. Again, Amanda A-C-K-E-R.com. Go connect with her. You can connect with her on Facebook. This is really and Miriam Baldwin, my dear sister, all the way in Miriam, tell me where you're from again. It's is it is it New Zealand? No, is it uh switzerland miriam you know i just draw a blank when i'm live sister so tell me where you're from again miriam but she says she loves it i would love for i would love oh, i know miriam you know miriam oh, Baldwin. yeah yeah she was on my podcast yeah, yeah. She's, she's she's amazing yeah. she was she was on mine too i've had the netherlands i knew it was an end yes. somewhere I, I when you said it i was my head was spinning she was like i know that person yeah, where is she from <laughs> she is an absolute rock star yes. and and when, it, when miriam reached out to me to be on our show, I was like, eh, I, I don't want to be bothered with you. And then she reached out to me again, and I said, because of the your tenacity, you coming on the show, girl. And it was the best thing that we did. She's got a book called um, uh, Tell Us, put your book name in the chat there, Miriam, and it's uh, about Caretaker 2.0, I believe. Yeah. And so uh, she's a super lady. And again, this is real. Amanda, you see what I'm saying? You see the 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 leverage collaborative work that we try to do here, embracing and connecting people from all around the world. And your story, Amanda, listen, there's somebody out there today that is feeling like they've reached rock bottom. And would you say that when you were thrown in the slammer, that was your rock bottom? It was one of them. It was yes. one of them. Yeah. And, and, and all the... You know, here, here's the deal. I want to ask this question. This, you may not have been asked this, but I want to ask this question of you. You've got a, you've got a coaching platform. You've got a podcast. You, you've got a great husband. You've got an you've got a amazing network that you're using. But I want to ask you about sometimes the residual struggles of your mind. Do you still have those? Because I know at 46, with the stuff, the traumatic stuff that happened to me, from age three to 14, it, I still struggle with it sometimes to this day. It doesn't consume me, but it does rear its ugly head. Do you, do you go through that? Yes. I, I still have days where I don't like want to be social and I just feel very down on myself and yeah, I still struggle and every day something will pop up in my head, but just sometimes it's harder than others, but I have the tools and resources to be able to overcome that and not allow myself to fall back into depression, which was an issue for me in the past. That's powerful. See, again, she said the tools, ladies and gentlemen, last night at the, at the, uh, the, uh, alumni homecoming football game where Chris was playing with the alumni cause he's getting ready to go off to the army band. It started raining. And I watched as people made the mad dash to get off the bleachers. But my wife and I just so casually opened up our umbrellas because we brought the right tools. And so mm. sometimes, boy, that'll preach right there, won't it? The sometimes <laughs> in our, our environments will produce uh, adversity. And there's something that we can't help, you know, memories, triggers, whatever. But if you equip yourself with the right tools, you can get through it. See, doesn't say that your mind won't race here or doesn't say that you won't have a bad day, but you've got the tools to overcome it. And Amanda, you've, you're giving people the tools to overcome their bad days and their bad situations in life. I would love for you to break down again one more time for us the FEAR acronym. Tell us what your coaching is going to be with FEAR. Yes. So fear is, you know, first is figuring out what you want out of life by really sitting with yourself and doing that self-reflection and 
finding a quiet space and really journaling and writing down these things that you want out of life. And then we would examine, you know, why you feel you can't have that. So looking at, you know, okay, well, I want to, I don't know, we'll go big. I want to be a millionaire, but I feel I can't have that because, you know, I suffer from addiction or I have a mental illness or somebody told me I can't be that. Um, and then acquiring that trust for yourself, because it's so important, like I said, that we trust ourselves first. You are number one in your own life. Don't forget that. And it's so important that you trust that you can make the right choices for yourself. And then we're going to release your old way of thinking. So helping you with affirmations and giving you the tools and the resources so that you can move forward. And like CL had asked me, you know, well, do I still deal with it? Yes. But now I have these tools and resources so that when I do have a negative day, I know what to do you know, in order to flip myself back to, okay, I'm fine. I got this. And it's just so, so empowering. I wish I could just do that for everyone across. Well, that's, that's powerful. I I know, I know Vince Warnock, our friend uh, in New Zealand, he will be very proud of you. I know you guys work together in another capacity. So uh, man, what a, what a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous affirmation and testimony. Uh, Miriam says, Amanda is an amazing and loving person. And uh, we have found that to be the case on Impact in Life 24-7. So here we are, uh, rare 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard. I said, Amanda, how did you get on my show at 10 in the morning on Saturday? She's like, I don't know. It was just available. So I took it. I said, okay, well, look, if you took it, then I'm going to show up. And so, Amanda, you have really, really inspired us. Amanda Aker. Amanda Acker. That's a one time I mess up right at the end. AmandaAcker.com. That's A-C-K-E-R. And, uh, what you know, overcoming sexual assault, drug abuse, felony convictions. And here you are now taking all of that and inspiring the world. You're right, Mike. She did a great job. And uh, she the phenomenal, phenomenal story. And I believe that it's going to impact somebody's life. So here we are. I told you to go by fast, Amanda. Even on a Saturday, it goes by fast. <laughs> so tell us, um, if you would, take take a few seconds or a few minutes or a minute or so and give us a word of encouragement to those that are out there listening, the other Amanda Ackers in the world. Give us a word of encouragement to them. Yes. So this is something I say all the time because it just it's my heart and I want you all to remember that you are stronger than you think and you can have the life you imagine regardless of your past and I'll also share my favorite affirmation with everyone and that is I am an intention and what I want is waiting Ooh, say that one again I am an intention and what I want is waiting for me what I want is waiting boy that's powerful ladies and gentlemen I am an intention, and what I want is waiting for me. You hear that, Mike? I think I'm just going to give myself a pay raise today so I can go into that millionaire millionaire category like she was talking about earlier. So amazing, amazing, amazing. That's powerful. You can connect with Amanda again at amandaacker.com, A-C-K-E-R, and uh, we are way stronger than what we think. What a tremendous affirmation, Amanda. We look forward to connecting with you again. When you come on Impacting Life 24-7, you're kind of like embossed with us for life. And so we look forward to some future collaborations and connections. I want everyone to go and support her that's listening to our podcast, that's watching live, that may watch the replay. Go go listen to this story. It's really, really inspiring. And it's transformational. It's real. You know, you look at someone like Amanda, and you, like I said, Amanda doesn't look like no hardened criminal. You, you never know who you're sitting next to. And you never also know how powerful your story can be to impact somebody else. So, Amanda, we thank you. And uh, please tell the Pittsburgh Steelers the the Cleveland Browns are coming. So we'll be watching (laughs) out for that. And uh, we look forward to continuing our friendship and relationship and partnership over the weeks and months to come. Okay? All right. Thank you so much, CL. Thank you for having me. Well, let me ask one last question before I let him go. I should start asking this all the time, Mike. Mike is one of our, he's one of our co-hosts. He's one of our staff members on Impact Life 24-7. Let me ask you this. Did you have a good time? I did. did it you, was did, wonderful. Did you enjoy the show? Did you enjoy being here? Yes. That <laughs> is that is like, now you can say no if you didn't like it, but I hope yeah. they don't ever say no, Mike. But that is one of the things we strive for is an enjoyable, high energy experience that somebody, you leave here feeling like, man, that was, that was fun. 
And so uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. And uh, until then, be blessed. Okay, my friend? Thank you. Have All a great weekend. All right, you too now. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, I, again, I don't know how we did a Saturday show, but it was so cool. And uh, I'm done for the day. Our, uh, don't report. Our Australia guest is um, under the weather. So I, I had a guest tonight fr- from Australia, but we're going to reschedule her. So I'm free for the rest of the day. Maybe I'll go get in the kayak. Thank you, Miriam. She says, my show is the bomb. And you know what? Miriam Baldwin got her own show. You got to go get a copy of Miriam's book, Caregiver 2.0, From Burnout to Powerhouse. Had them on our show twice. Her and uh, Ashley Jackson talked about caregiving and preventing burnout. Uh, Miriam went through that, taking care of her husband and her brother. And so we appreciate you, Miriam. Love you guys, man. This is what really happens in this arena. This is what I try to teach. What I teach other podcasters and what what I'm trying to teach people in general is that these interchanges, y'all, don't have to be a one and done. That's why, you know, if if somebody says, you know, can I have you on my show? I don't want to just come on just to build my platform. I want to come on your show so I can build yours. And, and for us to have residual uh, relationship. And that's really what it's about. The Netherlands chiming in all the way from the Netherlands. And uh, again, look at that triad there. North Carolina, Pennsylvania, the Netherlands. And so we thank everyone for tuning in to Impact Life 24-7. And we will be back next week. We're coming up on the big event with Greg. And everybody knows that. That's the What If concert that's going to be at uh, in New Bern, North Carolina on the 25th. And then that night after I get done emceeing that event, I'm going to fly back here to the ranch and we're going to have Midnight Motivation. Can y'all believe that? I'm going to have a full day that day. It's going to be awesome. And so Midnight Motivation, we got a great lineup of speakers and uh, we're looking forward to getting motivated at midnight. All right. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in back Impacting Life 24-7 with your host, CLK. King.